I have this new like belief that it has never been a better time to start an e-commerce business as long as that e-commerce business is a realistic one. Like it has yeah. never been a worse time to start an e-commerce business that raises $500 million or like, you know, $100 million in VC money yeah. and tries to get a $500 million or billion dollar exit. Those are becoming exceedingly, exceedingly a rare and unique in a way that they might not have been. Like, it's really hard to start. Like, I don't think another Dollar Shave Club will happen or like it won't happen every year. Like it sort of did with Dollar Shave Club and with Away and Glossier and all those types of businesses. Yep. I think those days are not over completely, but it's becoming much, much harder For to do 99% of ideas, I think it's gone. This is episode 12 of season one. This is the final episode of season Last one. Episode. Uh, super excited. We've actually recorded- Kind of sad. It, yeah, but we're going to keep doing it. We're going to keep it. So, yeah, yeah. yeah, we've recorded 14 of these. This is episode 12. We uh, didn't love the quality of two of them. Uh, so we haven't published them. And I think we're not going to. But Maybe on OnlyFans? Yeah, that's right. Limited yeah, yeah. supply OnlyFans? Uh, on my only, yeah, it's going to be the soundtrack of my OnlyFans. <laughs> my personal. Um, but anyway, we've got a bunch of stuff to talk about today. One is a Figma acquisition for $20 billion, which is crazy because you tweeted at them like two seconds before they announced Literally. that they're selling. Yeah. Two is Harley. Uh, we had him on for a two-part episode the last couple of weeks, and it was great. And that was the first time I've ever met him. I think it's the first Same. time you've met him as well. Yeah. Uh, first time I've really engaged in meaningful conversation with him. Uh, really enjoyed it. I think he's fantastic yep. and so engaging. He's not like he, he's really in touch with the details of his business, but we'll get into it as well. Uh, you just came back from an e-commerce event, e-commerce fuel. Charlotte. I love e-commerce fuel. I think it's great. A very different type of e-commerce business than a lot of the ones that you and I see on a daily basis, but really yep. interesting. Uh, some hot takes and a bunch of stuff that we're going to talk about with season two. Amazing stuff with season two. I can't wait till we get it. I mean, I can't wait till season two, but I can't wait till we talk about what we're going to do in season two. Same. Okay. But first let's start with Figma. Figma acquisition for 20 billion. You use them for a long time. Tell us what it is and why you use them and everything about them. So Figma is basically... If you were to combine like the collaboration of Google Docs and the capabilities of Photoshop and Illustrator for design, wow. web design. Sounds like my computer would explode if yeah, that happened. Yeah, exactly. And so Figma is basic, it's truly a magical tool. I mean, we use it for pretty much everything. Last night I had to make a deck. I just go to Figma, make frames of the deck there, and that's where I make decks now. Don't even use PowerPoint. You don't use Photoshop. Uh, don't you use, use Photoshop you, either. You don't use Photoshop. Wow. Yeah. Does it have enough functionality? Like you can customize fonts, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, it does. Okay. It's pretty wild. But we use it a lot for like site design, landing page design, even just like mocking things up, like yeah. a new section of a PDP or a cart, or even like static ads. It's great because you can just quickly duplicate frames and change CTAs, things yeah. like that. And, and what it, do you make decks for? So for this one... Yeah, sometimes it's for clients, like pitching a client uh -huh. or a potential client. Uh, the one last night was for AdWorld for a talk I have to give there about landing pages. Gotcha. Okay. So Figma is probably one of the best softwares that has come out, in my opinion, probably since I've started, like gotten out of high school. It's such a great tool. Like it's so intuitive from a design standpoint and its own UX as a software but what's also interesting is so Adobe just bought it for $20 billion, which is about 50 times the top line revenue. Adobe claimed that they expect Figma to do $400 million this year. They raised $330 million, which sounds absurd, but compared to their revenue and their exit, it seems like they didn't raise that much, to yeah. be honest. Yeah, um, $20 billion is a fucking insane amount of money. That is million, crazy. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. 
Now, and supposedly the last round was a year ago, and it was at $10 billion. So, I mean, yeah. the guys who invested a year ago doubled their money. Right, which is wild. Yeah. Now, one thing I caught that you alluded to was I had tweeted the CEO. I realized, so we got like our Figma bill for hooks. And in hooks, like, you know, we do the wireframe and the copy, and then we send it to the clients for review, and we just send them a Figma link. And we get our Figma bill, and it's like $1,000. And I was like, how are we paying $1,000 for like software that's supposed to democratize design? That makes no sense. It's the yeah. opposite of what it's supposed yeah. to do. That's and uh, It's like the YMCA being like, we are, we welcome everyone and on Sundays we're closed. Yeah. We're keeping kids off the street, but not on the weekends. <laughs> not on the weekends. And so that's pretty funny. So I like, I hit them up and I'm like, hey, how is this coming out to be so many users? And that tweet got so much attention because everybody else was like, wait a second. I'm checking my bill. I'm also paying three times more than I should be or five times more than I should be. And basically what they do is like, if I send you a Figma link and you click it and just open it, it now adds you as a billable user to my enterprise account. So it's like, it's not only just a basic account, but like the professional yeah. account I get, sure. I have to pay for you. Well, so if you ever tweeted a Figma link, you know, they just, they oh. were, they're charging $10,000 yeah. based on that tweet. Yeah. Goodbye to your, to your <laughs> yeah. bill. Yeah, that's crazy. And, uh, and I think as a result of so many people like replying to that tweet and being yeah. like, wait a second, yeah, they got in touch with me and, and just called me and they were like, we're so sorry. You know, we want to figure this out. And so I ended up getting a refund on both Sharma Brands and Hook's Figma accounts. But then I was like, damn, think about how many people that just are never going to hear back sure. and never get a refund. It's pretty yeah. fucked. Yeah. And, and a lot of people um, don't even realize it. I mean, you, yeah, you're, you're I didn't realize it for a year. A yeah. Imagine if you're like working at a large company. Right. Uh, you know, some nobody's noticing that this bill is $10,000 a month. Exactly. They're just paying it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, and so so what, what was funny about that was like, I was like, all right, now- if you were to put a multiplier on the users and actually think about how many active users yeah. use Figma for design versus just view the file and then get billed, I wonder how much of that 400 million is actually just like fluff that could disappear if people woke up and looked at their bill. A lot. I think a it's ton. probably half. That is really actually mind boggling because that, that yeah. is probably hundreds of millions of dollars, certainly of enterprise value, possibly billions of dollars of enterprise value wiped away because they've come out with a genius tactic to increase their users and increase right. their revenue. Right. That's like borderline sketchy. Yeah. And, well, and the crazier part now. is like, uh, so there is a way that I can send you a file and not get charged for it. I just have to go into the, I have to be an admin yeah. of the account. So like any employee couldn't do this. But the admin has to go into the members tab and look for you and then change your permissions to viewer restricted. And then you can look at it. But it's like the average employee, think about like an agency, like, uh, you know, a a 250 person agency. Yeah, yeah, of course. They're not going in and they're probably getting way overcharged. So anyways, I thought that was insane. Then again, Adobe is known to be super expensive. And so I don't know what's going to happen to their pricing there. And I don't know if you saw, but Webflow just increased their pricing as well on the back of like everybody else increasing their pricing up to nine bucks for certain plans. I think Photoshop, I think I tweeted this a long time ago where I was like, if you want to learn uh, e-commerce, the number one skill you need to have is Photoshop. Like that is the most important thing that I've learned over the past. And I'm not good at Photoshop by any stretch of the imagination, but I can like move things around a little bit. To to remove the background? No, the wand is the (laughs) toughest part in the whole world. (laughs) I'm always Googling things where I'm like, how, uh, like, how do you crop a photo without cropping the entire canvas? Yeah. I constantly get lost in it, but it is the most important tool that I've used. Yeah, I like, agree. You know, it empowers me to be my own self-service marketer.
instead of having to provide like give uh, give all of my images to somebody and have them mark them up and go through ten rounds of this. Right. Like I used to do a bunch of animated ads at Native, and I had an an actually what happened is I was working on my brother's office at Tinyco and. One of the animators, I was just like, hey, I'll pay you to uh, like create this animation of our deodorant. And they're like, okay. And I was like, this is amazing. I'm like randomly working out of this office. You're a rock star animator for $300. You just did this for me over the course of a day. I can sit right next to you and do it. And you know, tomorrow I don't have to keep you on my payroll. It's yeah. really fantastic. But I think Photoshop's an amazing tool. Going back to uh, like high prices, I'm not sure what Figma will do. That's uh, tough that Webflow did that. But I think it's really like the prices e-commerce businesses pay is astronomical. And it's so insane. Uh, one of my brands was thinking about signing up for Agora Pulse to help them monitor like Facebook. For ads. social, yeah, exactly, and yeah. it goes from like zero dollars for the free plan to a thousand dollars a year. There's no in between between zero and a thousand dollars a year, and I'm like, there's no thirty dollars a month. Yeah, like what's going on here? Why does it go from zero to a thousand? A um, lot of these companies, they either have you on like the free plan, and it's like you can basically come in and do the bare minimum. Yeah. And if you want any level of real visibility, you have to pay some crazy enterprise value that's based on per seat. Uh, yeah. per month, which yeah. is like insane that yeah. that's the new standard. It is crazy. Imagine if Amazon Prime was like, oh, you have four people in your household? That's $8 a month yeah, per person, per person. Yeah. in your house. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. ludicrous. Yeah, that is, or even Netflix was like, you have actually 20 TVs <laughs> yeah. signed in here. We're and like, okay, seven we of your exes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Are there any good ways to get, dis like, have you found discounts in any ways? I guess before we get to that, one I'd love to mention, like you're saying, hey, you audited your Figma account. Yeah. Everyone here should audit their 3PL account. We were just talking oh, about yeah. this. You know, your 3PL is cheating you. I absolutely guarantee it. Please audit that account. And they'll be like, oh, we can't believe that we made all these mistakes. We're so sorry. <laughs> Next month, you'll see them all and they're like, what, what a coincidence. We keep doing this. Yeah. Uh, but as they're going to be doing it. So please audit your 3PL account. Are there any discounts you've found where you contact a company and you're like, hey, can I negotiate this price? And they're negotiable pretty quickly. Yeah. Well, also right before that, on the note of the 3PL, another app to to just download and connect and pay like five bucks a month for is called Truebill. And it'll just show you all the recurring purchases. <laughs> That's it, so funny. The one I on top this, of like the taxis, you yeah, know? Yeah. I saw this great meme that said, um, I had eight uh, recurring bills. So I signed up for Truebill. And now I, now I have nine. nine. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's right. That's what Truebill is. Literally. And Truebill is so smart about it too. In the effort of like, oh, we're going to look into your bank account and help you figure this out. They don't take your credit card. They take your AC, your oh, routing wow, and account wow. number. So it's so, so it's, hard to cancel. It's so hard to cancel. Yeah, yeah, okay. But I saved like a lot of money just oh, really? opening it up. So okay. it's so definitely where do you get it. discounts? Like you can't, uh, you know, you can't uh, DM Harley and be like, hey, give, give us a 10% discount on Shopify. Where can you get discounts? Yeah. In fact, like Shopify and Klaviyo and then companies that use other technology, like Postscript lives on top of Twilio, yeah. for example. Yeah. Those types of businesses, I mean, the the ones that use other tech or specifically Shopify and Klaviyo are very hard to get discounts from. But almost anybody else, if you just ask for a discount, you'll get a discount. Like a lot of people just don't ask. Yeah, you're right. Uh, I'm going like to be more aggressive about asking everyone. Yeah. Um, uh, I mean, there's even times where, I mean, for long weekend too, 
when we were signing up for software, someone on our team was just like, hey, we're bootstrapped. And, you know, we're basically just like doing this out of uh, our founder's savings or our CEO's savings account. Yeah. You know, could you give us a, an extended trial instead yeah, of like sure. one month, give us like six months? Yeah. yeah. Or can you give us 20% off? Yeah. You know, the yeah. cogs to them are still $2 a month. Yeah. You know, for server costs. Yeah. Far less than $2 a month. Like yeah, two maybe, cents a yeah, month. Maybe yeah. 20 cents. The one place that I've been successful at is uh, Stripe discounts or like credit card processing. Which is crazy because like, like no one else can seem to get in touch with Stripe. Really? Yeah. Who do you, wh- who do you call? What do you email? I, I know their email address off the top of my head, support at Stripe.com. And what do you say? I say, hey, I just got more revenue. I hit a milestone. Like I went, I, I hit my first million. I'm at a million ARR now. Yeah. I need a discount. Or I'm at 10 million. I need a discount. Or you know what? Or like, you know, I'm going to move to authorize.net or I talk to authorize.net and I'm like, hey, I need a discount. I'm going to move to somebody else. Like you're offering me a commodity service. Yeah. And you know, sometimes they'll give you bullshit things where they're like, oh, but we help it so that if a subscription is renewing and the card is expired, you know, we're going to try and save that subscription. And I'm like, look, in e-commerce, the churn is 50% every year. Okay. Yeah. Every There's no, <laughs> there, uh, there's no chance that the card, I've gotten to the point where the card is expired. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> My subscription has not lasted that long. There is massive amounts of churn in these businesses. So that's not a value add here. I just right. need you to process the card for as cheap as humanly possible. Yeah. Take all of the other services away. Don't even provide me a website. Provide me a handwritten ledger and put it in the mail <laughs> once a month if you're going to reduce. You know, my mom, I, we were buying this Honda Odyssey. I have this great story about my mother. Who's that is, by the way, that is the like rite of passage minivan yeah. for any Brown family. Yeah, yeah, that's right. That's first generation. There was a Honda, we were buying a Honda Odyssey and I was there negotiating it uh, and um, it didn't have keyless entry. And so I was like, I want a $500 discount and keyless entry. And they're like, you can have one or the other. So I called up my mom and I was like, which one do you want? You're going to get the Odyssey. Do you want the keyless entry or a $500 discount? She's like, ask him if they take off the door. Can we get a bigger discount? Like, we don't need the doors on this Honda. That's perfectly fine. And so like, you know, it was like very clear that she wanted the $500 discount. And I yeah. morally, if she's like, I did a poor job raising you as a son. If you don't know the answer to this question. Um, that's how I feel about Stripe and Authorize.net, where I'm like, yeah. take off all of the services you've got. Yeah. I don't need any Useless doors services. to this. Yeah, yeah. And that's so that's so that's the one place I've had success. That's funny. Uh, okay, let's switch gears because you got to keep moving and talk yeah. about Harley. Harley was amazing. He was so much information. Like he knows so much about what's going on. Um, yeah. this was the first. I was time shocked I've... at how how much he knew about the exact micro things going on at Shopify. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not it, just macro and not just like sitting in this, you know, presidential office. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He was in the weeds with the business, which was amazing yeah. and makes me uh, super impressed that he's that knowledgeable, that good of a salesman about Shopify and that in the weeds. Like he's right. clearly understands the business really well. Right. So one, I really respected him. And I thought a lot of what he said made me question my own beliefs about Shopify, where he's like, look, we're trying to build things that 90% of stores want or 100% of mm-hmm. stores want. So when you talk about sales tax, that's far along, you know, only 55% of stores are in the uh, are, are in North America. So that's not, doesn't meet our criteria. Neither does maybe the post-purchase upsell or a, a subscription app, because not everybody, right. you know, Allbirds is on Shopify. They don't have subscriptions. Right. And so that made me question what I was thinking and really made me uh, like understand the scale of the business a little bit better and think, you know, what? I was like, I'm thinking small. Uh, the one place where I, I was pushing back a little was Shopify Fulfillment Network. I was like, you're trying to build things that 100% of people want or 90% of people want. And yet I would guess less than 1% of people are using Shopify Fulfillment Network. Yeah. I don't understand how he, you know, says, hey, we want something that everyone can use. And also we think Shopify Fulfillment Network is a really good step in the right direction for Shopify. So he didn't share like how many stores 
revenue wise are under a million or under 10 million. Yeah. I would actually guess majority, the majority of them are. Oh yeah. Yeah. And I don't think those are the ones that are also using a three PL at all. I think a lot of them, I mean, as far Shipping as I know, else. a lot of people, even at this e-commerce fuel event, like they have their own kind of fulfillment setup. It's kind of a weird thought to them to like ship it to somebody else to just slap a label and ship it out. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So I'm really curious as to like who uses that. I mean, I get the whole concept. It's like, you know, the same reason if you get like a computer watch, you get an Apple watch because it works with your iPhone, it works with your laptop. So the concept makes sense of SFN, but I wonder like what the real advantage is, kind of like with Stripe, like what is it actually doing yeah. without all the bells and whistles that nobody uses? Yeah, yeah. Going back to Stripe really quickly, Stripe actually is way better than Braintree. There are a few bells and whistles that actually matter, it turns out. Like I've interacted or I've worked with both of them now and I'm like, okay, Stripe is a better product for sure. <laughs> uh, but going back to the Harley conversation, especially with stores that are a million dollars or less than a year or less a year, right. you're not like, you know what's going to change my business is two day shipping. That's right. what everyone's been waiting for. Right. Like you need help on the marketing side of things, not on the operation side of things. And you don't like, you know, uh, you talked about how Deliver had this great understanding of how to store inventory everywhere across the country right. so that everything could be delivered in two days. Well, look, if I'm doing a million dollars a year or $100,000, less than $100,000 a month, you know, it's probably not that important that I've got, I, like, I don't need a, a two units stored in Missouri, three units stored in Kentucky, right. one unit stored in Maine, one unit stored in North Carolina. Like, you know, probably all of my units stored in the like, middle of the country exactly. or even California or Connecticut or something is probably okay. So I didn't understand that. And I still don't think that I am as bought in as he is about Shopify uh, fulfillment network, but, you know, time will tell, I guess. So the thing that didn't make sense to me is when we were talking about the apps, subscription apps, review apps, loyalty, card upsells, yeah. the things that like we we almost think, even something as simple as like, I mean, not as simple, but like something like attribution or yeah. like a triple whale type thing. In my mind, those are probably the same, it's, it's probably the same level of people who need that that also need SFN. I think it's far more that need that than need SFN. But Agreed. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. And look, that's more bits, right? Like you're writing software, which you guys are good at. And like, you right. know, totally and I also think too, if you, if you look at like, so Shopify has got Shopify basic, regular Shopify, Shopify advanced and Shopify plus. If you look at the Shopify advanced and plus, I would imagine that majority of those people are perfect candidates for not only SFN, but also subscription, attribution, reviews, loyalty programs, gift cards, and I think they're far more likely to use that than yeah. they are uh, of the other systems. Yeah. Um, and like, you, you know, I wonder how these guys who are doing smaller amounts, there's this one great software called Fulfill.io, and I know it because I met the guy like seven years, yeah. uh, seven years ago, and he was building software to manage like accounting and your own fulfillment network. Wow. And there, there's a business called Nectar Mattresses, which is mattress, uh, which is massive, mm -hmm. and has been using it, and they they say they love it. How do small businesses that are doing sub five million dollars a year ship? Is it just they're just using ShipStation or Shipping Easy or something? To I think effect? it's ShipStation. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah, I think when you graduate to the next level and you're like, I need to manage a ton of stuff, that's probably where Fulfill uh, stands in. But um, the other thing where I had a little bit of heartburn in terms of what he was saying was um, omni-channel. I remember him saying that a year from now, we won't be using the term omni-channel because everyone will be omni-channel. And I think that's the, the right goal and everyone wants that. Like, you know, if I launch a new brand, the first thing I want to do is get an end cap at Target because that's going to reduce my cogs or right. reduce my marketing costs and increase my margin, all of that. The hard part is, that it, like, I think that that's coming from a place of uh, us seeing brands that are large and successful and the retailers yeah. want. Yeah. 
when we started Native, I tried to get into Target the day that I launched it. I was like, hey, Target, I want to sell, Na Native is made for Target. Right. And you know, crickets, never heard back. Yeah. Never heard back for a long time. Uh, until we started growing a ton. And you know, once we were at 30, 40 million run rate, that's when the Targets and Walmarts and Costco's and Whole Foods reach out to us. Right. And so he's like, omni-channel will be a word we don't use because everyone will be omni-channel. I think that's true to the extent that everyone wants to be omni-channel. I think the hard part is there's still a bunch of million dollar a year brands that have a tough time growing and that store, like, you know, brick and mortar stores won't take because they just haven't hit the critical mass to be able to walk in there. I know a big part of Shopify's I think it was Shopify Unite, like their last develop last year's developer releases, or maybe it was earlier this year. Whenever they announced the checkout extensions, a big part of it was like wholesale online using your Shopify, existing Shopify store, but creating a version of it that's for wholesale. Mm -hmm. And I wonder if that was what he was referring to is like, oh, Shopify is going to make it so easy to wholesale your product to mom and pop shops. I know Fair is also a big partner of theirs. Yeah. And like, you know, you can pretty much turn on fair and start selling to like random gift shops on yeah. the boardwalk of yeah, New yeah. Jersey. Yeah. But I agree. I think anybody at Shopify talking about omnichannel being like the default is like anybody at Meta talking about VR is going to be the default. Yeah. And like anybody at like Virgin Galactic thinking that like people are just going to fly to space for fun. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, you yeah. know? Yeah. <laughs> uh, completely agree with that. Okay, let's move on because we got to keep moving. Oh, okay. So you just uh, you last night you got back from e-commerce fuel. Yep, Charlotte. Correct. Tell me what it was like. So first of all, Charlotte is a beautiful city. Is it like there? It's so clean. It's so bright. The sky was so nice and blue. The grass <laughs> was so green. The people looked normal. The people were super nice. Wow. And you know, so like sometimes values. you go to a city and you're like, all right, these people look kind of off. Yeah, everywhere didn't, in California. That's yeah, how yeah, Cal <laughs> like L.A. area. Yeah, didn't have that here. Everybody was super friendly. Uh, so e-commerce fuel is this online community that you can get, you know, you can essentially apply to join. So what's funny is I have actually done a bad job of spending a lot of time in the forums. Yeah. Or even just doing research as far as like, who are all the merchants? What types of merchants? Yeah. So... I was thinking like going into this thing, uh, first of all, they asked me to speak yesterday on like, Andrew said, just come speak on issues of acquisition or issues that brands are facing around customer acquisition. Got it. And Got it. I was like, all right, I put together a whole list of things that I think are issues. And then I made a whole list of solutions to all those issues. What was the biggest issue that you put on there? One of the biggest ones was probably just like people, people don't optimize where they send their traffic to. For example, you know, Landing like, pages. yeah, most yeah. brands send traffic to their homepage, which even if you have the most optimized homepage, you're speaking in one way. Bananas. And so that was a big one. I think another one was thinking through, you know, most brands out there, even larger ones are still just running like plain statics to the homepage. And so thinking about like better ways to source creative, yeah. better ways to go about you know, like that example you said about if you learn Photoshop yourself, you don't have to deal with that. Yeah. But creative sourcing, of course, like iOS 14 is still a topic that people think is yeah. like novel. So anyways, a lot of that was basically what, what I was talking about. Gotcha. And the funny thing was like, so I spoke in the morning for about an hour and a half. Then I had to leave to take some calls. And then they went on a tour of a FedEx facility, which is sick. And I came back around dinner time. And I'm learning like, you know, I thought these were everybody who had a brand here was like, you know, selling beauty, personal yeah. care. Yeah. Like the no, stuff, we're, all kinds yeah, of stuff. The stuff we see everywhere in New York. And it's basically like live chickens, like yeah. right as chickens hatch, they box them up and ship them. 
And, you know, this dude's got an email list of like 80,000 and he's yeah. pumping, you know, a hundred thousand dollars into a, into a Shopify remigration. Yeah. And, wow. um, imagine creating landing pages to be like, I'm selling live, chickens. live chickens. I don't even know where to start with yeah. that. Then another one was like car exhausts. Yeah. Uh, another one was soundproof materials or panels for the wall. Another one was like keychains that commemorate places you've been to, whether it's like geographical yeah. locations or parks. And the last thing I was saying is uh, one thing that somebody brought up at dinner was like, we sit in this, there's probably like 25 people total. And it was like, we sit in this room and everybody sells something that is so out of left field. Yeah. Like you can sell anything on the internet. Yeah. And that's the beauty of like e-commerce. Yeah. I really admire that community. I've been a member of it for some time. It's also expensive. Uh, I, in fact, I'm going to email Andrew now and be like, hey, can I get a discount? But uh, what I really like about it is that. It's just a ton of diversity. And what yeah. I also like about it is I have this new like belief that it has never been a better time to start an e-commerce business as long as that e-commerce business is a realistic one. Like it has yeah. never been a worse time to start an e-commerce business that raises $500 million or like, you know, $100 million in VC money yeah. and tries to get a $500 million or billion dollar exit. Those are becoming exceedingly, exceedingly a rare and unique in a way that they might not have been. Like, it's really hard to start. Like, I don't think another Dollar Shave Club will happen or like it won't happen every year like it sort of did with Dollar Shave Club and with Away and Glossier and all those types of businesses. Yep. I think those days are not over completely, but it's becoming much, much harder For to do For 99% of ideas, I think it's gone. Yeah, and I think that uh, it's never been better to start it for the other ideas where you're like, look, uh, I'm quitting my job as whatever you were in the past making mid six figures even. And I've decided that I'm going to start an e-commerce business where I get to spend 40 hours a week at work and the rest of my time with my family. I have a lot less stress and my goal is to make 1.5 to $3 million a year. Yeah. Uh, and I'm hoping to do that within two and a half years. Yep. Like, you know, all the people that I went to law school with and are partners at these big law firms are making, you know, one to $3 million a year. And I'm like, you could do that if you quit your job and start an e-commerce business in two and a half years and you'd have an asset to sell while right now, you yeah, know, you basically, you time. die. Yeah, yeah. You die and the, your business goes into a grave with you. Yeah. Uh, here you have an asset to sell and your quality of life will be 20,000 times better. Right. Uh, like, you know, you can set your own hour. You, so I've, ne I've, I've uh, I think that it's never been a better time to start an e-commerce business that has realistic expectations. And those realistic <clears throat> expectations are you are a paid sixth man in the NBA or like, you know, a, right. basically a bench, not a bench warmer, but an okay. You're not LeBron James. If you want yeah. LeBron James money, it's hard time in e-commerce. Right. But if you want, uh, I don't know uh, who, who like comes off the bench for, you know, the Warriors and is the ninth man off of the bench. Yeah. Uh, when, the, when, you know, Steph Curry is beating the other team by 40 points, they put you in because Steph's got to sit down. <laughs> the Indian kid goes yeah, the, in. Yeah, yeah, the Indian kid goes in. You can be that Indian kid yeah. uh, working wherever you want, making two to three million dollars a year. Exactly. You know, you won't be in as good a shape. You won't look as good as him. Yeah, the you're not going to get the same girls that yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and critically, you will be giving that up. Yeah. But I think it's never been a better time for that. I think also the the barrier to entry on the manufacturing side has been brought down so much yeah. that I think if you, if you have a pretty good idea for uh, something to launch. And I feel like the biggest trick is is the passion behind what you're selling. Because if you have that passion behind what you're selling, you will figure out how to drive sales for it. But if you just try to sell something because it's high margin and because you think you can make it, it's not going to work. I think that's true. 
Although I still feel like every like you know the guy who's selling live chickens, I don't know if he's got a lot of passion for live chickens, but maybe he Fair. does. Or like you know, the exo- it just seems like there is a niche of people who love things, no matter what niche you have. Yeah. And when you find those people and they're your community and your tribe, you can market a lot of things to them totally. if you if you understand that community well. Totally. Okay, let's move into a bunch of uh, hot takes that we got to get into. Cool. Uh, this was one of them. Never been a better time to bootstrap an e-commerce business. I think another one I had was uh, operations can't be an excuse anymore. Container rates are down. Uh, postage is still a little bit tough and getting more expensive. FedEx announced they're raising You just tweeted 5%. about the container rates, right? Yeah, container rates are down. Freight is down a ton. Uh, gasoline prices are falling off of the cliff. And like, you know, who knows what fuel delivery surcharges will look like soon. Uh, but I think the, those operational excuses are cannot be an excuse anymore. I think one of the t- tough parts has been if you brought in a ton of inventory in late 2021, early 2022, and you paid $25,000 a container, and now your inventory isn't moving as quickly, you know, you've got these cogs that are built in based on a container yeah. that is 5X what it is today. Right. And so you're like, okay, I'm pay- you know, you got to move that inventory soon. Right. But I think that's one of my hot takes. Okay, what's one of yours? I was going to say on that, when uh, when I was super young, my sister would always make this excuse of she ha- she gets car sick, and so she has to sit in the middle row of our family like SUV. It was like a smaller SUV. So I would always get kicked back to the third row, and my legs would get squished yeah. behind the second row. Yeah. And uh, the first two times, yeah, I'd be like, oh, this hurts my legs. Yeah. You know, can we not do this drama? And then my mom was just like, you know, just figure it out. And then by the third time, she was like, why are you still complaining? Yeah. You know, and that's kind of the same thing here with operations. Like, why that. are you still complaining? Yeah. Like, get used to it or figure something out. Yeah. You know, this is the new reality. Yeah, it is the new reality. I actually think the, the same thing about iOS 14.5 complaints and Facebook ads complaints. It's like, if you haven't figured it, it's been a year now. If you haven't figured this out, then you're, you're still not going to. Uh, yeah. And if iOS 14 is still your biggest issue, then, you know, you were not cut out for this. Find a new marketing channel. Like yeah. if iOS is still killing you, either try harder or find a new marketing channel. It's time to move. Yeah. Or get out of e-commerce. Yeah. <laughs> Um, okay, a couple other things. Uh, one is, I, I think M&A is starting to get hot again. I'm not sure how that's humanly possible. And, you know, today's Friday, September 23rd, and the stock market just fell to new lows for the year. And uh, that makes no sense to me. But M&A seems to be doing well. I know a couple of brands that are trying to engage in it right now. There's this brand that I met with, and I didn't even know that this has happened. It's called Nix, and they sell, like, women's underwear and, like, particularly some period underwear. You know, they were doing a hundred Canadian-based, $100 million, more than $100 million a year. Wow. They just uh, sold for 320 They sold 80% of the business for $320 million. And they bar- they had not fundraised a ton, probably $50, $60 million in fundraising. Was and this recent? This was less than three weeks ago. Or maybe, oh, oh, wow. no, it looks like it was three months ago. I'm sorry. Uh, okay, gotcha. There's a, a very similar company called Thinks, which yeah. does period underwear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they pretty much sold to Kimberly Clark, which I think is like a PE firm or um, it's an American multinational personal care corporation. Yeah, yeah. Kimberly Clark makes like... A uh, bunch of toilet paper, like Angel Soft toilet paper. Yeah. I think they make like Kleenex as well. That's their big. Yeah, problem. so they just. And I Huggies, think they pretty possibly. much acquired all of Thinks. They they were a big investor and then just acquired it. So I wonder what else is interesting is like when an acquisition happens for one company or category leader, the others kind of get a boost for sure. Or uh, you know, people start getting curious about. Oh wait, should we be going to acquire Nick's? For sure, you know. And so I, I actually one of the things I was going to mention about Figma earlier too was like. I wonder that what that's going to do for innovation of software just in general. Like, I feel like that's a big enough number to where at least 10,000 people are going to get really excited to go build something new. 
I couldn't agree more. So I, I would say that well, like when uh, Native sold, there was another deodorant brand that sold yeah, as well. Right after. Yeah, and now there are four thousand natural deodorants. Right. Like you know, there were there was zero basically when we were around, and now there's four thousand. I'm like, I see what you guys did. You guys read the writing. Yeah. Read those press releases, and you're like, I want to do this as well. Exactly. Uh, and the same happens even with fundraising. I remember one of my friends had started a, do- a pet food company. Yeah. And, uh, oh, and then some- every pet food yeah. company comes out. One, once somebody raised like fifty million dollars, yeah. he was. Uh, I remember he was like, I got seven emails, unsolicited emails from PCs yeah. yesterday because somebody else raised $50 million and they're like, well, we need to be in this space and we need to pick another winner. You know, I think there is a little bit of a sheep mentality for better or for worse. You know what would be pretty funny? So this is what I would do if I was just completely bored and had nothing going on. That's me. Yeah, tell me. Yeah. Okay. So anytime you see something that gets funding or like acquired like crazy, just like spin up a landing page for a random idea in that category yeah. and just see if people start biting and are just like, hey, can we throw a few million dollars at this? Okay. And Ollie Brands is launching Ollie Brands, soon. <laughs> yeah. But you could do Ollie SaaS products. Yeah, yeah. I, I genuinely think there's an opportunity to create almost any SaaS product in e-commerce at uh, you know 75% the price and win a bunch of business. Like Agora Pulse, 100%. I think anybody would switch if they're like, okay, this brand, they're charging me $700, this guy would charge $400. There's yeah. no moat, there's no tech here. There's no like, moat. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay, another thing is I got an email recently from one of my brands about Stripe loans and the pricing was absolutely insane. They were like, borrow $100,000 and the loan will only cost you $17,000. And I was like, this is a credit card loan and it's not just Stripe. PayPal has done it, Braintree yeah. has done it. You know, I'm not sure who else is doing this, but it's basically like crazy interest rates. Yeah. Like I thought it was like a credit card like loan where I was like, wow, this is, you know, and those credit card loans often people think of as like a tax on the poor. This is a tax on e-commerce brands. What is the the payback period for that loan? Do you know? Uh, it was less than a year for sure. So I okay. mean, that was, you know, at least a 17% interest rate. And maybe that's market. I guess I just don't understand what market looks like anymore. Yeah. But it I don't know hard. what uh, Wayflyer's rates are. I know for Settle, like for basically for, they do it in calculations of 30 days. Yeah. So whatever your, however high, however high or low risk your invoices or whatever you need money for, they'll just give you money based on how many months you need it for. Yeah. And it's significantly cheaper than that. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Uh, But you know, the one thing I'll tell you is I moved a bunch of my personal money into like US bonds today. Oh yeah. I was like looking at them and all of my money was earning like 1% interest as of yesterday and US bonds, which are, you know, basic guaranteed by the federal government and therefore impossible to default. Right. Like, you know, you, you have no idea if Uber is going to pay you back your money, but you know Uber, the U.S. government will. Are They're yielding four to four and a half percent as of right now. So like today, I was, uh, I was reading uh, an article on the train ride over here. Six months ago, the bond was yielding 0.3 percent. Now it's yielding 4.2 percent. Wow. The U.S. government is paying 4.2 and six months ago, they were pay- paying 0.3 percent, which is absolutely bananas. How did that go up so much? I think every, like the Federal Reserve has been raising interest rates, which causes everyone. And so that that made me think maybe the Stripe loan isn't that crazy because if the federal government has to pay 4%, maybe I should have to pay 17%. Yeah. But um, you know, it made me rethink everything where I was like, wow, interest rates are going up a lot. Yeah. Uh, like borrowing is going to become a lot more expensive. After watching this gas station YouTube video I was telling you about, yeah. I can't help but think when gas prices go up, the government make, makes more money and they can pay you that 4%. Yeah. I'll tell you actually what it is. <laughs> when gas prices goes up, nobody makes money in the gas station world. And I can tell you this from like from 10 years old to probably I stopped. My last transaction was probably at 27 years old. You know, I did, I did it for 17 years. Yeah. And, you know, you put me in front of a gas station, I'll be able to use the gas station register better than I can my Apple keyboard. Okay. That's how ingrained it is in my childhood. It's your Bloomberg terminal. Yeah, that's right. It's my Bloomberg. <laughs> 
And if anyone listening to this has used a Ruby register before, I can use it better than, you know, I was like, I was so fast at it. I was basically a full transaction ahead. Like yeah. I had done a transaction and it was Who doing it. Who needs Shopify when already, you have Moise Ali? Yeah, that's right. I was already <laughs> ringing up the next customer yeah. and the register was still like doing the last transaction. Yeah. And I was literally putting everything in it. The gas station was <laughs> yeah. catching up. But when gas prices goes up, would go up, no one makes any money because like you're slow to raise prices. Mm-hmm. Conversely, when gas prices go down, you're slow to bring prices down. So when prices are going up a ton, all of the gas station owners are making nothing. And when prices come down, you're sort of slow to reduce prices as well because you're looking and at that's competition. that's kind of where you can get it. And that's where you're making all of your margin. Got it. On the way up, you lose everything. On the way back down, you, that's where you make money. Interesting. Uh, okay. Um, Let's oh, switch gears from gas stations. I was going to give one, more. one last take. Yeah, please. Hot take. Uh, I think a lot of brands are about to go out of business after... So this year, I think the rest of the year, people are going to ride the promo wave. Yeah. And then I think come January, February, I think every, uh, not everybody, a lot of brands are going to be looking to sell and uh, transition hands or figure out how to flip it or sell it to something like Open Store and just get it off their hands. That's a perfect transition to the season two stuff that I want to chat about. Remind me before we stop this, I want to talk about discounts on Facebook ads. I kid you not. Perfect. I've never used the word coupon code and Facebook ads together, but I want to talk about that before we stop. Awesome. Okay, so Q4 predictions. You think people are going to go heavy discounted? I think heavy discounting, and I think a lot of people are going to try to sell through a bunch of inventory that they didn't sell through. They're not going to just push their you know, their best-selling or top 10 products or top five, I think they're you're going to start seeing brands pushing things that you you didn't even realize they sold before. Yeah, <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> yeah, a great way to do this is like a mystery box. Basically yeah. say, hey, you're going to get $250 worth of goods for $100. You don't know what's inside of it. And in that $100, you put a couple items that everyone would want from your top 10 list and a bunch of items that you don't know, like, you know, skews, variations, sizes of, you know, shoes is a bad idea, or clothing or hats, where you're like, this is a hat that not everyone's going to love. But let me bundle this so you get $250 worth of products. Right. You're excited. It doesn't like uh, bring down the price of the main items in there. I think it's a great way to do it. Yeah. At, for uh, <clears throat> Hint, Hintwater's Black Friday, pretty much every year since 2017, has always been this nine for 99. And it's nine cases of water of different hint flavors for 99 bucks. And it's like three of the top flavors and then six of everything that yeah, just like didn't sell. Yeah. But uh, the perceived value is you so know, 200 or yeah. something. Yeah, I think for Q4, uh, it, this is not going to be a 2020 Q4 Yeah, in two ways. One is you're, if you're expecting 2020 sales, I think it's going to be really tough. And two is uh, I don't think there'll be as many shipping problems. Like, you know, 2020, uh, you know, FedEx would come to a 3PL and be like, hey, you've got three truckloads worth of stuff. I can take one. So right. pick whichever truckload you want us to take. Everything else is staying here. You won't have those problems this time. But I also think sales will be a lot tougher. I think you're right. People will promo because they're going to be like, look, I bought all this inventory in late 2021 and in early 2022. I had to pay all these expensive freight transportation costs to get it. I need to get rid of it now. And I think that's the case. But I think the market is going to su- like, I think the market is already suffering today. You know, the Dow just hit a new low for the entire year today. Yep. Um, Facebook stock is like $130 a share. Shopify is worth $35 billion. I think a lot of people's pocketbooks are going to suffer. So I think that might translate into some Q4 issues. Agreed. Um, okay, let's try. Okay, let's um, talk about other season two stuff. One is we're getting Keith who started Open Store and PayPal and PayPal. Yeah, he's in the PayPal mafia. He's actually an investor. He is an investor in my brother's business basically a century and a half ago. And I I remember my brother had lunch with him at some point and Keith was like, I've invested in, I don't remember how many it was. I want to say 16 unicorn businesses. And everybody says that. And he's like, but I invest in them in the seed round. 
That's that is insane. how good a fucking investor he is. Yeah. And I've heard the Airbnb folks were like, uh, when they were raising from Andreessen Horowitz, Andreessen was like, no pro rata for anyone. And they're like, no, Keith gets it because he is super helpful and we're going to fight for him. And uh, he got it. And That's you know, amazing. I've heard really spectacular things about him being an investor. I've also heard in spectacular things about him being a workaholic where yeah. he's like, hey guys, it's Friday. You should expect to leave it Saturday at four in the morning because <laughs> we have to launch these 15 products. And you're just like, what the fuck? Yeah. And he's like, no, we're going to, I'm going to be here with you guys. I, I don't know when he sleeps till Saturday at four in the morning. No, then he has berries. Night. Then he has berries. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> I'm really excited about this. I'm curious to know. I'm curious to understand what open store is like. You know, the Amazon aggregators, I understand their business. We're going to ride the tailwind of Amazon. Right. Amazon's going to grow. And it's usually like simplified commodities. Yeah, exactly. And so we're going to grow with Amazon and we have this moat of reviews and that's going to help us. With Open Store, they're buying Shopify businesses. And first, right. those Amazon aggregators, you know, Thrasio, I know for a fact their stock is down 90%. Yeah, I don't know how others are doing in this space. I know Thrasio is tanked and they're the, you know, bellwether probably for the right. Amazon aggregators. Open Store, I don't know how you're going to do this with Shopify. You know, who's going to create the Clavio emails that you don't need to do within yeah, Amazon? Yeah, I mean, aggregator? sales tax, Clavio emails, the text messages, the, the, the ads, ads, like yeah. the creative. It's all so different. 3PL problems, credit card different. processing. Yeah. yeah. It's, it sounds like a nightmare. I'm really curious to see how it's doing and what his plans are. I remember at one point it was mentioned that they were going to basically turn this into a marketplace of some sort. But uh, yeah, I'm really curious to see. I mean, there's been, I think there's one brand that they bought where they bought it and I was really excited to see what they plan to do with it. But they didn't really do much from like innovating the brand or innovating the site, really doing anything. So I'm kind of curious as to like how they decide or how they think through which brands they're going to buy and what they're going to do or like how they prioritize which ones to work on versus others. Yeah. Do they care about categories? Do yeah. They like, or is uh, it just a big game to get like, you know, let's buy a brand just for that 100,000 person customer list that we know we can sell something else to. Yeah. Oh, in almost every instance, I think that whenever someone's running a business, I'm like, God, I wish I was doing that. Yeah. I want to do it right now. Yeah. Open store is the one example where I'm like, this is the only, in fact, it's the only business I can think of where I'm like, I don't know if I want to run that business. Yeah. Uh, that said, Keith is way smarter than I am and far, far richer. So he must, he must have an idea of why this is going to work. <laughs> yep. uh, I just love to hear it because I'm excited to hear that. And I want to know, like, am I missing the boat on this? Yeah. And am I like, I'm in this space to a greater extent than he is, because he's also got like open door and, you know, an investor in a thousand brands and he's in the founders fund. So am I just missing it? Uh, and I want to, I want to hear what he, uh, like what his hot takes are about this. Yeah. He also has that Kanye West energy about money or about just uh, uh, conversation where, yeah. you know, Kanye said the other day he's on CNBC or something. He's like, I'm not going to argue with people that are broker than me about money. And, and Keith comes <laughs> yeah, off yeah. pretty much like that as yeah. well. So I I'm really excited. To, take. I, yeah, fact, same. I, it's so refreshing. It's the best like, part. You just don't understand this. I yeah. I, not enough people say that. And it's so refreshing to hear that kind of stuff. Yeah, fully agreed. Okay, finally, I want to do a call for new guests. You know, we don't really have guests on our podcast often. And yeah. mainly it's because uh, we don't want PR bullshit guests where right. people are like, my business is the best and yeah. we are so smart. We don't want to hear that your Facebook ads are killing it. Yeah, we know yeah. you're lying. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's right. <laughs> if you say your Facebook ads are killing it, you're going to have to open up ad manager in yeah, front of and me and I will look us. at it. Yeah. And you are lying. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's the other truth in life. And so we want guests who are going to be honest about business and who are like, you know, transparent about their business. And we understand that's not for everyone. And so if that's not for you, you know, you're probably don't not even reach out for us. 
Yeah, but if it is for you and you're like, look, this is my business. I want to chat about it with you guys. I want to get ideas about how to make it better. Right. I want to be honest about where it is today uh, and how to improve it and what our strategy is. And you, you'll is. be on the number two marketing podcast in India. <laughs> What more could you want? Yeah, actually, we're number six in Canada today, and number Amazing. twenty in the U.S. Let's go right now. So, I, and with Harley, I think we'll go up a ton. Yeah, so I'm really so excited too. about it. We want guests who are building e-commerce businesses, yeah. who understand their business, and they want to talk about all the failures too. Everything yeah. that went wrong, hiring that went wrong, logistics that went wrong, your funding and cash flow situations you completely fucked up. Yeah. Everything. And you better understand your business. I don't want people who are like, yeah, we don't, I don't know what my CAC is. If you don't know what your CAC is, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you're just going to make me angry. Yeah. Uh, and what's we the will... best way for people to reach out? I guess just DM us on Twitter. Yeah. Yes. Okay, right, great. Cool. DM, my uh, DMs are open. I think yours are too. Yeah. My, my, I'm at Moiz Ali. You're at Mr. Sharma. Mr. Sharma. Uh, so great. DM me, DM Nick, and uh, we will do a new guest. If you're transparent and if you're not, you will be one of those two episodes yeah. that we, uh, you know, have hidden because we want not that those people weren't transparent. They were, but like we want more transparency. We want people running businesses yeah. uh, and who want to talk about them. And so super excited about that. This is the end of season one. Uh, we've done 12 episodes here. I've actually really enjoyed this. This has I've been a ton this. of fun. This is like the one thing I look forward to on my calendar. And I got to say, the other thing that I love is... Every time I refresh Twitter, there's something new. Yeah. And it's a result of, of the pod. people listening to this podcast. For sure. I love that as well. So I get uh, the high. Yeah, me too. And you know, we come in here and we've got an agenda and I feel like we stick to 20% of it. And then we're like, wait, this is something on new that's, way really that's more exciting. But before we get to the end of the season, I want people to tweet about things that they loved about season one. What yep. should we do more of? What did you like that we did? What did also, you hate? Yeah. Also tweet at what things that we really sucked yeah, at. I love seeing what people don't like about our podcast. Yeah. For instance, one of the things is we kept talking about like an Andrew Yudarian tweet thread. Yeah, we never got to yeah, it. Like we, we talked about it for four episodes and we're like, it's on the agenda for the next one. And we never <laughs> yeah. got to it. And that people were like, is this a running joke? Same with joke? the subscription one. The same with the subscription app. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. We've got to get to that as well. So if you liked anything, please tell us about your favorite moments. Please tell us about your least favorite moments. Tell us what we can do better. We're excited to do season two. Follow us on Twitter so you can see when season two comes out. Make yeah. sure you're subscribed. Yeah, we'll be loud about it. Thanks for listening and we'll see you next season. Thanks for tuning in. We'll be back next time to cut through the noise in CPG, retail, and e-commerce. And if you enjoyed this episode, then why not share it with a friend? And be sure to subscribe on whatever platform you listen to your podcasts on. 